PricewaterhouseCoopers has issued its 12th U.S. State of Cybercrime Survey, in which it surveyed more than 500 U.S. executives, security experts, and others from the public and private sectors who offered a look into their cybersecurity practices and state of risk and readiness to combat evolving cyber threats. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and to analyze this survey, I'm pleased to be joined by Shane Sims, a principal in the forensic services practice at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Welcome, Shane. Thank you, Eric. Please take a few moments to point out the highlights of the study. From my perspective, there were really eight primary issues of, I guess a great way to describe it would be cyber insecurity. If we look at the eight primary issues that if you distill down all of the statistics in the survey, one would be we continue to see, based on our respondents, that spending on cybersecurity is not always aligned with, with the business strategy. What does that mean in real life? We, you know, we see clients deploying solutions and technologies that are quote-unquote cybersecurity related but may not have any meaningful impact on the information or the technologies that are important to the business. So that continues to be a theme we see, and it was a strong theme this year. Why do you suspect that's the case? There's probably a number of reasons, but one one of the reasons I believe is that a lot of times when cybersecurity is discussed in the private sector, it tends to become an IT discussion or a technology-centric discussion, and it's not so much a uh, dialogue around business risk. And if you think about cybercrime as, as a just an element of your risk management portfolio, and the purpose of cybercrime is to potentially impact your business, it might change the way cybersecurity strategies are thought about and then implemented. In other words, let's begin with a strategy. Marbles on a table doesn't typically work. Let's think of this as a business risk issue and not a, an IT issue. It impacts all stakeholders, right? Not just CIO and, and the information security leaders. Then after we understand you know, our strategy and how we want to align that to where the business is going, then we can start to have discussions about you know, the types of people and technologies we need to implement the strategy. And so who should take leadership in this? We've reported a lot recently on boards and CEOs getting more involved. Is it that simple or, or is it more complex than that? And it's really that simple. We see the same thing, Eric. When CEOs and boards get involved and they make this a priority and they don't relegate it down in a way that makes it less important, then we tend to see budgets set aside that are appropriate for that business. And we begin to see a process unfold that starts with strategy and not people running around procuring technology right out of the gate. You said there were eight of these areas what, or other ones you want to point out? Yeah, another one that tends to come up, and we saw it, it's another strong theme in this year's survey, is the concept of business partners in the supply chain not being considered into the uh, the risk equation when it comes to cybersecurity and cybercrime. How so? The trend we hope to begin seeing is that when organizations contract with their business partners, they will extend their own cybersecurity philosophies and strategies and requirements outside of the environment. Anybody that's going to connect to their environment should be up to the standard of the of the organization that's procuring the services or products. It's really that simple. We continue to see business partners from a cybersecurity perspective fly under the radar. So let's define business partners because that's a very broad term. We're talking about external vendors and suppliers. And just to you know, give, give a more tactical example, we see 
organizations, even when they procure professional services from consulting firms or law firms, beginning to require those professional service firms to opine on their state of security and demonstrate that their state of security is up to par with the organization that's procuring that service. In the list of eight, you mentioned business partners, and then another one dealt with the supply chain as separate items. Are we talking basically the same thing, or is there another element of that in there, too? Yeah, from our perspective, the phrase supply chain comes into the, to the discussion. We truly mean those business partners, vendors, and suppliers that are interconnected from a technology perspective, and the flow of data is going between the various organizations. It's another you're ratcheting up the layer of risk and concern when that is the situation. I think that the stats were something like, you know, just from a raw business partner perspective, about 44% of the respondents are saying they're evaluating their third parties before they engage in operations with them. But from a supply chain perspective, those partners that are actually interconnected from a technology perspective and data is flowing back and forth, only about 27% of the respondents are engaging in some type of incident response planning with those supply chain partners. And why do you suspect that's happening? Is it because they don't know better? They don't have the, the resources? It's just something that doesn't enter their consciousness? Probably a lot of those things, if you had to put the hammer down on one of those nails, it's probably financial resources or lack thereof. And this goes back to the point that they're looking at this as technology and not necessarily looking at it as, as from a business perspective, how it's going to affect their business. Right. You know, if the CEO treats it as a business risk, the risk management team will consider it that way and it will become part of the strategy and you begin to see the appropriate budget start to flow at that point. So it all ties back to that. Is there another point you want to emphasize? One of the other themes that fairly strong this year, again, was you know, cybercrime is not always perpetrated by external threat actors. A lot of cybercrime is perpetrated by employees and contractors. And we continue to see a lower percentage of interest in taking action against that type of behavior when it's at a quote-unquote insider. Why do you suspect that? That's a great question. Stats are uh, pretty interesting here. The respondents are showing a very low percentage of collaboration with law enforcement when there's an insider involved reporting the incident to law enforcement. We suspect that there's a fear of, of some type of brand risk if it's treated as a crime, which it is. You know, if an employee exceeds their authorized access or abuses their authorized access, that's actually a criminal act. Organizations feel that if they report that criminal act, it becomes part of the public record. That public record becomes public knowledge, and then it creates brand risk. Unfortunately, what happens is if you don't report the insiders that you have detected of doing bad things and exceeding their access, you're empowering them to just go do it somewhere else. This is a theme and a trend we suspect will continue as we do the survey year over year, but we hope to see that number increase where organizations are more interested to report it. Any way to get organizations to become more interested? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess if they see it as harmful for their brand, they may be making some kind of risk assessment based on bad publicity versus just absorbing whatever loss they have. Yeah, it could be. On that note, if I had to wrap up a, another major theme is we see, you know, based on the respondents this year, that organizations continue to fail to assess threats that are risky to their business. You know, less than 50% of the respondents actually perform periodic risk assessments. And if you don't understand why a threat actor would be interested in your organization, then there's a myriad of reasons and objectives by these different types of threat actors. It's very hard to think about the challenge of cybersecurity in a strategic way. 
any encouraging signs from the survey? You've been doing this for several years, I guess a dozen years or so. It sounds very dire. The survey just seems that there's more of awareness of the problem, but not necessarily they're doing much about it. I mean, one of the interesting points I found in the survey is that you were contrasting practices that you heard from your respondents to what the federal government put out earlier this year, the cybersecurity framework from NIST. Apparently, a lot of organizations aren't even up to part of that document. Yeah, based on the, the survey results, that's, that's an accurate statement, Eric. But even though the challenge is great and the issue of cybercrime continues to rise, I mean, the, the trend line is vertical, has been for several years. Really, the only change there is the pace. It's just faster and faster. And a couple points on the positive side that came out from the survey is that organizations that are thinking about it strategically, they see it as a business risk. They're setting aside the right budget to bring in the right people. They're starting to detect these events. They're detecting these events faster. They're able to actually mitigate and intervene faster. So although the problem doesn't go away, the organization's ability to do something about it greatly improves. I guess that's some encouraging findings. Yeah, I think we crossed the line of, of awareness at the executive level at this point and at the board level, which is a very, very good thing. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, I appreciate it, Eric. Happy to participate. I've been speaking with Shane Sims, a principal at PricewaterhouseCoopers. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.